It is so nice to see you again, Brett. How are you doing? I am doing much better than I thought I would at this point in the series. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I, I did not expect it to be this way. I don't think anyone did. Not at all. No, not at all. In fact, after our uh, our last conversation, I had a comment saying, uh, I'm sorry, Brett, you know what? I, I, I've liked your show, but and I've liked you, but I just can't trust anybody who can't take the Oilers. And I said, you know what? That's that's fair, but I just don't see it going the way that it has so far. And it's gone completely the other way from that. <laughs> yeah, it is gone. It is just done a complete like 180 from what I thought it was going to be. And I didn't expect the Flames to dominate by any means. I didn't expect either team to truly have any like and to have a three one lead. You don't expect that um in this series. I thought that it was going to be more evenly matched. Well, and exactly. So we are, we're going to chat about just exactly what went wrong so far for the Flames, how the Oilers got here, and really just what questions we have to around this whole series. Like there's been so much to talk about in this series. Just before we got on, we were like, well, there's a little bit of a plan, but what can we not talk about in this series? What, what happened to Mike Smith? Okay. Game one, I was like, this is fantastic. We have Mike Smith right where we want him. No. Where did no. that go? Where did that go? Mike Smith looks like, well, I mean, the Mike Smith that was almost in Vesna Trophy talks a couple of years ago when the Oilers first got him. Like, it, it was a weird fall off because it's obvious that he's kind of older and he's not necessarily going to be as quick or spry as the other goaltenders in the playoffs in general, not only who they play, mm -hmm. but... He has looked just as good, if not better than, well, certainly better than Jacob Markstrom, unfortunately, for, for you and the Flames. But he's looked just as good as any goaltender in the playoffs so far, minus yeah. some, some blips. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other night that said um, Jacob Markstrom and Mike Smith had a Freaky Friday situation. <laughs> because there, there really are some goals that Markstrom allows that I'm like, you are if you're doing that you should be in an oilers uniform silly <laughs> goose like it's just, it was it's so frustrating to watch because uh, my cat doesn't like it either <laughs> but like he you know that, that your guys are capable of making certain plays and for markstrom to make the mistake of coming out of his crease the way that he did it was very bad. Yeah, very I, Mike Smith-esque. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I just, I don't understand. I don't know what is going on with the goaltending. I don't know if he's hurt. I, he Ooh. didn't really have much rest in the latter half of the season when he really should have been resting against non-playoff, non-divisional, you know, teams. So, is this a factor of Daryl Sutter's um, old habits dying hard when it comes to mm. riding goaltenders into the ground? 
Well, there's a lot of talk, especially in the last couple of years, of just how much you can really use your goaltenders. And the Oilers a couple of years ago, before even really the the, the COVID stoppage, the 1A, 1B with Smith and Koskinen really worked. Like they were one of the top defensive teams and goaltending teams in hockey before that that COVID break. And and I mean, obviously Mike Smith gets older and nobody gets younger. And so of obviously there are a lot of those questions, but Jacob Markstrom against the Oilers. I mean, uh, so many people talk about the numbers that he has against the Oilers, but so far in this series, he has an 850 save percentage. I, I looked at that and went, is that, is that right? I, I did the math myself and I'm like, there's no way that's right. There's no way that's right. But it is. Yeah. 850. It just, it doesn't look right. You don't see numbers like that from Jacob Markstrom. And it does this have to do with the fact that the Oilers are just so dominant offensively and they can read him better than he can track the puck. You know, I think it's yeah. it just it's so frustrating to watch as a Flames fan and someone covering the Flames, but as a hockey fan to watch the Oilers tear it up like that, it's kind of fun. It's it is, isn't it? It is. Well, the thing that, that kind of concerns me for the Flames, and this isn't, I, I don't want to sound too much like an Oilers homer. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's easy to look at the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's of the Oilers and be like, man, that's, that's a good team. But the thing about the Oilers is that they have been very dominant, and especially in game three, on the transition, the transit, like they just caught the flames out of transition every time they brought it up in, into their end. And then on top of that, the Oilers have a, 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 an agenda almost of making sure they have a layered cycle beneath the, the face-off dots and you just get pinned in your own zone. So if the flames can't even defend on the transition and then they have to worry about this layered cycle, that concerns me as somebody who's away from the flames. I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who's around the flame. I just sit there with like my head in my hands. I like, it is so frustrating to watch because like you said, like the Oilers just have this tactic and this technique of how they're cycling the puck and how they're trying to dominate and generate scoring chances. And the flames just, can't number one can't get out of their own way. Noah Hannafin, I love <laughs> you to death, but like we, you need to go back to like the fundamentals of yeah. de- defending. I don't know the tiers of like youth hockey, but let's go back <laughs> because this whole postseason, not even just this series, but he has been a liability out on the ice for them. And with Chris Tanev being out, it, it's been hard. It has absolutely been difficult. The Flames looked their best. Okay, I shouldn't even say that. That's a lot. That's a bit of a <laughs> But they looked more put together defensively in game four when Tanov came back because Completely. of what he provides. And it, I thought he was battling a lower body injury. So that's why I thought he was out. But it, it's his shoulder, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and the Oilers took advantage of that. Goal, that second goal, he looked like he got banged up a little. And I was like, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know. But, you know, I think 
it's part of the postseason. And I'm not trying to glorify them playing through their injuries or anything because I, it's just such a touchy subject. And I, I just, I think that there are players who will do whatever it takes to get it done. And we're seeing that with Dreisaitl as well. Well, and that was where I was going to go too. is Leon Dreisaitl has what a lot of people are calling a very difficult uh, ankle injury. He didn't practice again today. He hasn't really practiced on a lot of game days. So it, it really does kind of cause uh, a question, I guess. Also, Darnell Nurse has a core muscle injury for the Oilers too. It's And like you said, everybody is battling something. But Chris Tanev does not look healthy. Every single time he would go back to the bench, he's, he's moving that shoulder, he's playing with that shoulder. You know, I woke up and my shoulder hurt just thinking about it. Like, it, right. it, is, <laughs> it, it does not look good. He's going into the corners and he's getting hit by two guys. If you're going to try and have a guy who's, who's – and you take a look at the numbers from Christopher Tanev against Connor McDavid, like, he is a shutdown defenseman against the top, top guys. But if he's not healthy, I mean, you got a shark in the water with Connor McDavid. And if he smells that blood, it is game over for you. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. If I saw Connor McDavid skating towards me, I'd be like, oh, okay, all right. That's it. Bye. Okay, yeah. okay thanks, coach. We're just going to, it's all good. Exactly. Uh, I just, him and Nathan McKinnon. I was watching the Avalanche game last night and I was like, oh, nope. I'm all set. I'm good. Like, oh, I, I think it was I think it was Drew Doughty and Brent Seabrook at the the All Star game, and they were talking about just Connor McDavid skating, and it was Shea Weber. Shea Weber was one of those guys, and he, they just said, "You just got to turn around and just skate towards your net, and he'll still beat you there." So you give him any sort of space, and and we have seen just how effective Connor can be, but. You try and take Connor away. Now you got it. And Leon, let's put throw in there. Now you also have to deal with Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right. Kyler Yamamoto. There's a plethora of guys that, especially going into the series, a lot of people had the Flames having the, the, the advantage in the depth. But it seems like it's the Oilers' depth players who are really taking it uh, over in this series. Oh, absolutely. And Zach Hyman, being a playoff performer... Oh. It's so oh funny to me because, I mean, watching him disappear on the ice year after year for Toronto against Boston in the first round, like, it was just, it was beautiful. And yep. I knew that he um, developed more and, like, matured and uh, strengthened his game. But I don't, I'm tired of throwing my decorative pillows and cussing at the television because of Zach Hyman. I'm I'm over it. I'm tired. Please give us a break. Children's book author Zach Hyman, may we add. <laughs> he has a book? He has a book. He has a couple. He's made a couple children's books as well. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. He's he's all around great guy, Zach Hyman. Uh, my mother even, he, she wrote a, a children's book and was thinking of writing, sending it over to him being like, hey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Zach so Hyman. Sweet. Great guy, great guy to have in the organization. So happy the Oilers have him. Yeah, no, I would be happy too if they weren't playing the Flames. But <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of giving everyone a break, I figured we could take a quick break here uh, just to talk about Built Bar. And coming up next, we're, we're going to just continue unpacking this series because 
it's a good therapy session for both sides. <laughs> there has been a lot to say. And in order to get you through these days, um, Built Bar has everything you need to fuel your good hockey days because uh, they've been asked to make granola bars and they're delivering. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at built.com right now. They're, these are so different from the regular built bars and puffs because they are loaded with granola. And the I'm I really hope they send us some because these sound really good. Oh, yeah. um, I'm very interested in the white chocolate berry and the peanut butter. I will absolutely take a box of those. But even <laughs> if they don't, I'm sure I will place an order. Um, these bars are only 150 calories with 15 grams of protein and four grams of sugar. And these granola bars will change your world. They are a perfect snack to carry with you on your summer hikes. This, uh, this wonderful summer ahead of us. And they are made with collagen protein and, uh, your, which helps your body absorb everything more efficiently. Head on over to built.com today to get your built granola bars and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. And that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Those white chocolate berries. I'm not a big, like, berry person in any of my food other than if I'm eating berries. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah. that does sound absolutely delicious. And I am... I'm hopeful that they'll send us some because that <laughs> I really want to try those. Built did it again. They did. They <laughs> did. They sent me and every time I'm like, oh, I, I have enough from the last time they sent it. Oh, I guess I need to place an order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Can't get away with it. There, so we mentioned Evander Kane before the break. And this man is a menace. On the ice, yeah. off the ice, wherever he is in society, he is a menace. But <laughs> yep. I am so... Why did he think he could just put up three goals? That and Basically any game that he plays in. At least yeah. two, two goals a game, it feels yeah. like. And right now he has 12 goals going into uh, game number five in Calgary. The last time anybody has scored 15 hasn't been basically hasn't been done in the last 25 years. But the last time was with Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby uh, had 15 goals in the couple playoff uh, seasons ago, I should say. And nobody's been that productive since. I, I don't Except understand for, it. Like, what, how, like it, you have a guy who's coming in. Basically, he's played five games before Jay Woodcroft comes in. Played pretty well. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Evander Kane. The guy has been in the league for X amount of years. And the guy just continues to somehow get better on the ice. Plus... He just had a kid yesterday, so I mean yeah. that daddy strength isn't exactly fake. Like that, like he's gonna go out there and still have a chance. Either has three more games against the Calgary Flames, or he has the Western Conference Finals to deal with. I, when I was like, okay, 
yesterday, I saw that he didn't travel with the team, but the headline like didn't allude to the fact that there was a child involved. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's go. Like, yes. Like he probably like stubbed his toe a little too hard. Like karma yeah. is finally here. The flames are going to do great. Let's go. And then I saw that um, his new girlfriend had a baby. Congratulations to them. Um, best of luck. Um, but Edmonton and Calgary are not far apart from each other, as we know. Yeah. And he's there. He's there. So the Flames will yeah. not be getting a break tonight. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people don't really realize just how close Calgary and Edmonton are. Like, yeah, we say it's the Battle of Alberta, but you, you see the Battle of Tampa and the difference between those two cities. It's just kind of different. Between Edmonton and Calgary, you could drive down to the game and come back in this in the same night and be right. in your bed and comfortable. And so he wasn't at practice uh, today as well. He also, at, at the time of practice, he wasn't in Calgary yet either. But indications are showing that he will be playing in that game. So, I mean, the, the, the proximity of this series really, really, really changes a lot for a lot of different people. And the fact that he's able to be there for the birth of his son, Iverson Frank Kane is, is the, the kid's name, and be able to come down to, to Calgary, scary. I think that's scary, honestly. But there, that goes into our, our the secondary scoring kind of conversation. Basically, for the Edmonton Oilers, if it's not Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl scoring, it's basically secondary scoring. Yeah. Evander Kane has been doing that for the Oilers. Zach Hyman, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins went out there. I mean... McDavid had two assists and Leon had three and it was still a quiet game for the two of them. But for the, the flames, a quiet game for them is in, that says insane. it all. It does. Exactly. Exactly. You're completely right. But for the flames, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau are those two guys who had over 100 points in the last couple of games. They've been uh, almost nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I think that, you know, the narrative of Johnny not being a playoff performer, I think that that's, I think that that's washed. I do. I think that that is something he has put to bed. Um, Matthew Kachuk, on the other hand, I, I do expect more from him. I, I really do. I am happy that he is finding himself not in the penalty box as often as some of us expected. He's still there. He's still making, you know, still, still punching that frequent flyer card. But <laughs> it's not, not, to, it's not to the point where everyone is saying, Matthew, what are you doing? Right. And right. it's more of the veteran guys that are doing that. It's Lucic. It's uh, Trevor Lewis. It's just Blake Coleman, even. Yeah. Which is so weird. Yeah, like, out of character. Uh, right. And I get it. Emotions are high. People are feeling <laughs> some type of way. I don't blame them. But at some point, you really have to get it together and say, okay, like, our season is on the line. This isn't just about continuing, you know, okay, like, okay, we play Edmonton. Now we have to fly to San Jose to continue our West, you know, the West mm -hmm. Coast trip, whatever. Like, mm -hmm. your season is... There's, there's not much more wiggle room. And the Flames have won multiple games in a row before. So I'm not overly concerned 
with that. I think that they can, I mean, we're going to talk more predictions after, but I do think that they'll win tonight. I think that, I, I do. I think that the home crowd, um, re- like that home ice advantage, it has its impacts. It sure. has its advantages. But I, I, I mean, I was sitting on my couch telling them to, walk back to Calgary. And, like, <laughs> I saw that tweet. And I was talking with my boyfriend. I was like, I don't think we can have kids. <laughs> I can't. Like, I can't do that. Like, as a parent. Yeah, going to be the hockey kids. mom going and driving the right. car in front as the kids running Let's go. Me. Beep, beep. Like, yeah, yeah. Connor, I told you. I told you right. what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, like, I just, I think that they're going to come into this in a much more disciplined mindset. Right. And if they don't, I will be thoroughly disappointed. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Blake Coleman because I, I have the stats. Where I, have, I have a ton of, like, whiteboards, so I, every <laughs> time I go and grab stuff, that's what I'm grabbing. But uh, <laughs> Blake Coleman has two goals and assists so far throughout this series and throughout the playoffs, really. That's not fantastic, that's especially not- for somebody who was brought in to be a secondary scorer. And especially when those top guys like Kachuk and uh, Johnny Goudreau aren't producing. Absolutely. And I think the problem, again, Daryl Sutter, he, he's a champion. He knows what it takes to win. I host a podcast. Like, we are not the same. Yeah. But, but I am someone who is not opposed to switching things up. Daryl Sutter made the mistake of throwing his fourth line that I've called the waiver line pretty much all season, um, except only one of them was waived and that was Brad Richardson. But um, he was putting them up there against McDavid, Dreisaitl and Kane. I get it. They're big dudes. You're trying to like not give them space, but it's not, that's not effective. However, the Mangiapane, Backlund and Coleman line was one of the top defensive lines in the league this season. And he didn't reunite them until some point later in the Stars series and then broke them up again. And I was just. Yeah. Have them out. The interesting thing with that too is I think that's a great point because you take a look at in the last series with the Oilers and the Kings, the Kings really deployed Philip Deneau on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And for the most part, it did kind of work. Near the end of the series, it started to kind of fade out and we all know what eventually happened. But if if Connor McDavid's getting different looks from somebody who is just obviously someone who can shut them down and also create something in their own end, that's an issue. Yeah, I just, issue. I don't know. I think it's um, obviously do or die time tonight for the Flames, but I'm hoping, I'm, I'm truly hoping that they find a way because right. that's sorry. Sorry, I interrupted you there. The, the, the internet here, you know. Um, we will get into a little bit more of the predictions in just a second as we will wrap things up in just a second. But first, let's talk a little bit about Bet Online because I was going on Bet Online today and seeing some of the, the lines that they have and seeing some of the things that you can actually bet on is insane. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and 
and sports developments, including this year's NHL hockey playoffs and the QMJHL playoffs. Yeah, I again, I was on bet online. And isn't that crazy? Tonight, Xavier Borgo, the Oilers' first-round draft pick, plays for the Schwinnigan Cataracts, and you can bet on that game. Like, That's like I never would expect that to have like a betting. Absolutely, like I can't. Who's putting lines on that? Plus, you can right? bet on you can bet on lines on Mexican baseball, Korean baseball. You can bet on basically any type of sport that you can imagine. You can bet on. You can bet on bet online. Plus, they got baseball scores. They got the NFL futures. Everything you could possibly imagine underneath the sports sun. They've got it for you. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Let's end it here. Let, let's let's have one last one here instead of starting. Let's end it. Let's, blah, 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 whatever I'm saying here. Let's end this uh, episode here with just some predictions for the rest of the series as we do have game five tonight. And you already said you think the Flames are going to take it tonight. I do. I think that they're I, – I think that it's going to be um, a win tonight. But I, I don't mm. see them – winning three in a row i don't well that's think, the thing right yeah like i just i think that's a lot to ask for them um or a, a lot to ask from them with this team you're facing you know it's different to go out there and win three in a row against a team you know on random spurts throughout the season right like mm-hmm. you you might catch a team on second half of a back-to-back it's right. something you know might actually play in your favor but um you know daryl sutter had a quote today and he I think I know this man. I think I've uh, figured him out. I think I figured him out. Like, honestly, watch out NHL. Like, I'm coming (laughs) for your jobs. I'm coming for your coaching position. But I think he does, like, a little bit of the mind game tricks things because he wasn't really rolling out lines or anything specific during practices against the Stars. And then all of a sudden he's um, deploying – 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Yeah. Which worked, worked fantastic. But today he had a quote that was like, we're giving it all we got. They're just, maybe they're just better. And for a coach to admit that, I just, I feel like he's either absolutely fed up and done and completely over it. Or he's like, let them take their foot off the gas for a second. Right. And since the Flames are giving it their all, maybe we don't have to go as hard. Right. Well, and that's a good point. You know what? I did see that quote, and, and that's it did kind of run in my mind where, A, yeah, is that kind of a, a slight white flag? It is what it is. Or is that just lighting the fire underneath the Flames' butt and go, hey, you know what? This team has been better than you. Are you actually going to take that? Everybody has said going into this series, you are the better team. While we're in game five tonight and so far, and basically every game other than game one, which you can kind of throw out either way, they've been better than you. What are you going to do about it? And that scares me from the Oilers' perspective because, like you said, 
Daryl Sutter's Daryl Sutter. And my dad is a full-blown Oilers homer to the ends of the earth. But even he can admit that Daryl Sutter is probably, and especially in this generation, the best coach we have seen in the league. Yeah. Kind of scary. He's absolutely up there. Yeah. But yeah. No. Where do you I, think this goes. I, I think it ends tonight. Uh, I'm, I, it's a totally different tune than the last time we met. And maybe that that's kind of a, a bad omen because I was so in the dumps going, oh, man, this, this isn't good. But I, I have to tell you, I, after game three, I, I was calling series. I was genuinely calling series. Even after when Johnny Goudreau came in, the, the, the exact moment that sits in my head that this series turned was Johnny Goudreau's breakaway in game three, where he gets stopped and then Kachuk comes in with the rebound and gets absolutely robbed. The crowd was into it. The Oilers were in control at the time. Mike Smith looked like Mike Smith of the potential can uh, Vesna trophy candidate, Mike Smith. It looked like it was over. And then the Oilers ran away with that game. I just, I don't see, I, it just seems like there's so much going for the Oilers and plus you got the Connor McDavid aspect of things. Like that's a, that's a killer over on that side. Like he is, he is a bona fide just stud and it, I don't care who you put out there. He is the best player that we have ever seen. And wow, what are you going to do to stop it? Yeah, you can't. And yeah. Like you said, I think that Mike Smith robbing uh, Kachuk and Gaudreau of their goals has also robbed them of their confidence, which is a huge part in what you need to win a game. So, totally. you know, um, best of luck through the remainder of this series, however <laughs> many games that may be. Um, you. you too, honestly. <laughs> because I, I'm I, not... Oh. It's the Battle of Alberta, and I mean, let's be honest here. History does end up repeating itself in so many of these series, and even the series in 1991 went seven games after it was 3-1 for the Oilers. There's 3-1 for the Oilers in 1986, Flames came back. 3-1 for the Oilers in 1984, Flames came back. So, Have we had a series be blown yet, a 3-1 lead this postseason? This postseason? No. No, All right. not this so postseason. So. <laughs> okay, right. careful. We don't want to put that. I'm we don't want to put that super in the universe. Saying it happens, <laughs> what feels like every year, and it's, I think. Oh my god! I was gonna say something about um, the flames, but I do think that there is a a chance that absolutely no, no, no rewind. <laughs> Whoever. Whoever wins this series has to go and more than likely play Colorado. Yes. That's not fun. No. I'm, that is not fun. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste my time. Um, I, and the Flames season is not a bust if they lose tonight. I'm sorry. It's not. They were not expected to perform like this. And I'll talk more about that on Friday's show. But regardless, both of these teams, I think, are exceeding the expectations that were set for them. Totally. I think uh, maybe we should end with this because uh, maybe it just kind of reminisces and puts puts me in kind of a little bit of a uh, death grip here. But the last coach and the last team to come back from a 3-1 series deficit 
was the Los Angeles Kings coached by Daryl Sutter. And they came back from 3-1 deficit against the San Jose Sharks. So if history does repeat itself, we see the coach there who uh, has certainly done it before. Well, I think that is a perfect place to end this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Brett. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media and your show? Thank you so much for having me, Jess. Uh, you can find me on social media, me personally, at The Real Holden 40, H-O-L-D-E-N, but you don't want to see me. You want to see the show that is locked on Oilers on in, or at, on Twitter, excuse me, and you can look us up on uh, YouTube at Locked On Oilers as well. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button as well, just for a little Battle of Alberta taste as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And plus, you know, you're a great host and entertaining and engaging and you know i mean it's you don't want to root for your rivals after you know if they especially if they eliminate you but it's always good for fun insight for commuting um and whatever you're doing throughout your life i don't know i listen to podcasts whenever <laughs> I, like it's a soundtrack to my day at this point totally but you can find me on twitter at jess belmosto follow the show at uh lo underscore flames pod and you can find me wherever you can find locked on oilers and uh, go Flames. <laughs> <laughs> that was sly. That was sly. <laughs> <laughs>